Across the entire globe. Today is Saturday, September 29th, 2018, and I'm your host, Shishi O'Donnell, coming to you live from Los Angeles, California. I'm a life, love, and relationship coach, divine lifestyle consultant, certified angel therapy practitioner, and much more. And you're now listening to International Angels Network. We are a show that explores angels, healing, metaphysics, and other empowering topics. And we are a live call-in show, so give us a ring at 1-516-453-9162. That is 1-516-453-9162. You can also Skype into the show for free from anywhere around the world. You'll see a Skype icon on the Blog Talk website while we're live on the air. Make sure you press 1 on your phone keypad or Skype keypad if you'd like to speak with me or our guest today, and then you'll be in the queue. <clears throat> International Angels Network is now sponsored by Audible. You can get a free audiobook of your choice today by visiting audibletrial.com International Angels. And I'm so honored to have such a powerful team with us today. We have visionary leader, consultant, and futurist Jason Westerfield and his wife Jessica. Thank you both so much for being on the show. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Thank you. So Jason is a visionary consultant and a futurist who has advised leading entrepreneurs, government officials, royalty, scientists, those in the arts and entertainment industry, and global spiritual community. Jason is a scholar of history and has traveled to 49 countries and all seven continents, and he has helped spearhead racial reconciliation efforts around the world. He's currently working with different levels of global leadership on healing our planet and is preparing humanity to be an interstellar and intertime culture within the greater cosmic community. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Shishi. Hope you're having a great day today. <laughs> it's a beautiful day, as always, in Southern California. And uh, we met a couple months ago at an event organized by Stephanie Ann Lodge at her at a beautiful home in Beverly Hills, a beautiful garden in the back. And I was just blown away by the two of you and all the cosmic insights and wisdom that you shared. So I'm so, so happy that you're here. Well, thank you for and, having me. It was a great time over there, and it was a pleasure meeting you, and I'm grateful for all the stuff that occurred. Yes, me too. So um, one of the things you shared that day where you talked about how we sometimes think of space as being something that is out there up in the sky somewhere, and you brought to our attention that we're actually in space right now. I'd love for you to share a little about that. Yeah, when we think about space and time, a lot of that is based on location. So when we think of time, we think of a 24-hour clock and 365 days a year because we have our daily time of 24 hours and then we rotate in a circle, but then we end up going around the sun and we're circling around that and the solar system is also circling. But if you were on Mars or Venus or Jupiter or Saturn, your location, the sun is farther. So if you were born on one of those moons or over on that planet, which will be an interplanetary interstellar culture uh, more in the future and we're planning for that, then you're your location, your day is going to be longer or shorter, and also your annual rotation is different. So how you perceive time is based on where you're located at. And so that has to do with time, that has to do with space. And so right now the moon looks like it's out there and, and uh, Mars is over there, and, and we can think we're here and all heaven's up there, so we're really Earth-centric. And then you move to what Galileo did, and you get heliocentric, where realize, wait a minute, we're all actually rotating and circling a movement and motion around the sun. So the sun is actually then the, the center place of our rotation, but the sun is also going off Alcyon and Pleiades and Sirius and is in these connections, but they all ultimately plug into the galactic center. And so the galactic center, we're becoming galactic centric, where we realize that's the center place for all the information web lines going. So when we think about space right now, you and I are in two different locations on the same planet, 
but we're actually in space. So heaven, which is the sky, the space, the universe, and with its dimensions, is cosmic. So we're becoming more of a cosmic culture. We just got used to thinking globally and living locally, and now we're going to begin to think galactic and universally, interdimensionally, and with that, our understanding of time is going to completely shift because we're going to be connecting to different people in different places, but also in different times. Mm, so that, like that movie Interstellar, where there's infinite potential timelines happening at the same time, do you think that's true? I do, because uh, when we think of timelines, this, this thing is a manifestation of consciousness. And we're actually co-creating it together. So when we understand that, then actually what's going on in our mind, our mind line ends up being the timeline. Because the universe isn't a universe, it's a multiverse. It's multidimensional, just like we are. Our soul and our spirit's like that. Our DNA is like that. And the creation's like that. So when we start realizing that solid matter isn't solid, it's energy that's slowed down in a, in a lower frequency field, and we speed it up, then we can enter into the area of what we're calling transformation, reformation. If you speed it up more on a genetic level, because blood is called plasma, so in a sense we're talking about plasma physics, then you can get into a transfiguration level where things begin to change. So instead of just seeing healings, deliverances, and people set free emotionally, mentally, and physically, we can actually see some of the other types of manifestations where people start walking through walls, walking on water. We do kind of these other things. So when we talk about supernatural, it's actually supernature because the more aligned we are with our inner nature and the outer nature and the higher nature, the superconsciousness, then the more we start walking in the fullness of that human potential. And so that's what people might call metaphysics, supernatural, you know, higher realms, these type of things. The thing is they're already in us though. And so we can walk more in that. It's like a bunch of Russian dolls that are all connected. So whenever people want to level up or go to higher capacities, what they're looking for is not actually outside of them, it's in them. The way you think is so expansive, and you are a scholar, and you're brilliant, that honestly, my mind starts expanding when I talk to you, but I also get a little bit swirly because it's so much information. I just want to go backwards and revisit the galactic center. Is that the, sure. grand, the grand central sun that we're talking about? Is that the galactic center of the multiverse? Yes, because if we see the universe according to where we live locally, we'll see it out of our own mind, so we'll think it evolves around us. If we see it based on Earth, we'll be Earth-centric, which most of the religions were for a long amount of time, until Galileo started putting it around the sun. So then we'll be Earth-centric, meaning we think, okay, it's not just me, but it's my planet, and the whole universe evolves around it. And then right. that self, when you expand it more, we realize, wait a minute, our sun's also moving a circle, just like our planet is, so we're going in circles. And it's connected to actually stronger suns, hence the Pleiades and Sirius, the dog star. And then mm -hmm. those things, we're then looking in a pure relation from sun to sun. But then what do those suns look to? Because it's a big energetic information highway of consciousness that then materializes in the form. Well, they're all plugged in looking to the galactic center. And then the galactic center, then you go, okay, well, in its pure relationship, what is it looking to? What's well, looking to other galaxies, other galactic centers? And hence you have Andromeda next door. But that place, when you take out the physical, the physical material world is actually plugging into the black hole system at the galactic center and that event horizon. But that's actually a two-way system. So I was saying this for years. Listen, you can go through that thing when you're not seeing it as physical because it's made out of energy. It's conscious on a sound tonality, and that is the architecture of the universe. So that area right there. I was saying it was a two-way system, and then it wasn't until a few years ago NASA started receiving signals that were coming through it, which means it's not just you, it kind of sucks and goes out, but it's a two-way system, a black hole, white hole system. And on the other level is a whole other parallel universe. And so you can go yeah. back and forth in between those. And that universe is going to be on a completely different time than this one. So then if you have a parallel universe, it's probably going to be a parallel Earth. And that one will have a different time. So now you become an intergalactic here in Andromeda. You become inter-universe because you're going through the black hole, white hole systems. And you become an inter-time culture. Did you, excuse me, did you first learn all about this galactic consciousness and understanding from studying? Or was this something you downloaded from our star brothers and sisters? Or Because not everyone talks about the galactic universe like something that's your own neighborhood the way you speak about it sounds like you know your way around quite well 
Yeah, I've experienced this uh, numerous times. And in those experiences where my understanding came from, and then I started sharing out of that because when you experience something, you have contact, you have exposure to something, you're not only in its field, it's in yours. So it's like you leave a residue relationship. And so when you, like when we're talking right now, I have now influenced your life and you've influenced mine because our conscious and our mind within our fields are connecting. So even though we're physically embodied in different places, we're actually entangling right now. And we're in non-locality right now, yet we're having coherence and resolution so we can understand each other. So knowing that we're in two different spaces right now, and we're connecting by conscious to conscious, communicating non-locally over phone by entanglement, then you're in coherence. And when that coherence is there, it's beyond space and time. So just like I'm connecting with you, yet it's actually not your body, I'm connecting with your soul. Well, then the soul knows no space or time. It's a dimensional thing. And so at the galactic center, that would be the center of physical matter, energy, consciousness, dimension, and, and also of space and time. And so, and then our DNA, which is a, a like a trans, transistor, and it's also first looks physical, but it's made of energy and it's plasma. In that plasma connects then to the galactic center. So right now, all of us have a galactic gate within us that's resonating off of that galactic center. So just like we're resonating with our, our field, with the earth's field and with each other sideways, we're also, our, our, our earth is connecting to all the fields within source and particularly the sun. Our sun's connecting to other fields and those fields connect to the galactic center. So all of us are actually in this already. So it's not like something unique I have had. What I've done mm -hmm. is I've opened up a connection that is already there and I'm then comprehending and thinking on that level consistently. So if, so the galactic center is sourced by the prime creator or our source, and then we all have little suns in the center of us that is our galactic center as well, connected to the, whole, to the main prime creator living through us as us. Is that correct? Yes. So it's, it's like you have a universe. It's inner, outer, internal, external, above, beneath. So your inside, like what they would call Vishnu or the other names, a lot of that stuff went to the galactic center because it looks black. It looks like a black hole. And so we already have a connection there, but this is this our galaxy. So we're actually knowing the universe, not the creation, but we're knowing our universe based upon the galactic center, whether we know it or not. But if you're an Andromeda next door, which is almost twice our size, then you would be going off of the universe according to Andromeda, which would also be a black hole system. And so whatever galaxy you're in, like we know our place based upon earth, but we're to be heavenly minded, which is to be spiritually minded, meaning heaven is space uh, and spiritual is eternal versus temporal thinking, which is space time. So be cosmic conscious. So right now we are here, but in the galaxy where we're at, we're knowing the universe according to earth. Then we're knowing the universe mm -hmm. according to our solar system. And then we're, you know, in the universe according to the galaxy. That's not the creator because the creator is in everything. That's just the locality of where we, where we live. So then we actually know space and time of the universe according to the galactic center. Once more, the veil is realized, oh, that's where all the suns are plugged into and the earth's plugged into and on earth is plugged into. So I'm plugged into that. And then mm -hmm. that then connects into drama, the next door, which is another system. And then the creator is wow. in all this. <laughs> And we're, we, because we're multidimensional and we're not just earthbound, even though we're technically living on earth right now in a way, we're multidimensionally living many places. But that's why I've always thought astrology was a little bit uh, limited because it's only based on where, where the planets were at the time of your birth on earth. So does that make to you somewhat astrology being a little irrelevant or how do you feel about that? Well, I think astrology originally had to do with people that were in different starships who were then going through stargates, who were geneticists and parent races, who, when they were coming in, they're studying the electromagnetic fields because of gravity electromagnetic, and the poles of planets, so it's more celestial dynamics. And then on another level, once you're here, those are energetic influences to where you're at that are going to affect consciousness and going to affect DNA. And so 
there was more about understanding the mechanics and the sciences of it than it was about making religions. And the first level would be for space travel. The next level would be the effects that it does on your DNA from living in that ecosystem biosphere, which is different than the sun or star where you come from. Because if you come from the Pleiades over in Taigeta, Maropa, or Maya, then what's going to happen is you are going to go by that planet's field for your DNA and your consciousness, the energetic environment, and by that sun that you're connected into, which ultimately plugs into Alcyon, the strongest sun or Zion. But then when you come to this solar system and you come to Mars or Earth or some of the moons of Jupiter or Saturn, you are then going to know your DNA and your consciousness energetically based upon those moons or those planets, and then according to that sun. So if it's like we take supplements like protein for working out and these different types of things. We don't usually think in terms of the energetic influences. And so when you lower the energy, you lower consciousness, and then DNA also goes by that same thing. So then you have to create an environment that's conducive, an ecosystem buzzer that's conducive to your consciousness and your, and your DNA. If you come from a stronger sun, you're going to feel a big drop. <laughs> so then you're going to have to figure out how to keep that up. So now you're not just having the right foods and the right water, which is an Eden, an ecosystem of biosphere that's contained to have seed life DNA in. But you're also going to have to make sure you have the right frequency that matches the world where you came from so you have the right nutrients. And so we usually think of nutrients as food, water, and air, but we don't usually think of the energetic frequency influence. And so you need to make sure that you have that that matches your DNA and whatever conscious you're on. Otherwise, you might devolve. If you devolve, you're going to find your conscious go down, your intelligence go down. You're going to find your immune system dropping because there's not as much energy going through, and you might find your life expectancy shortening. Wow. Well, I know Jessica, your wife, um, she is a <clears throat> very wellness, a health and wellness coach, and maybe she has some insights. Do, do you help people with getting their frequency up with the right nutrients and water and things like I that? I do. Yes. So you know what? Share a little bit I about love, what you do. Sure. I love what Jason was sharing. We are so interconnected, not only galactically, but physically and spiritually and emotionally and mentally. All of us um, interacts with itself and all of the different parts of us affect each other. And so that's one reason I just love meeting people where they're at in a physical, in the physical realm um, in order to help them elevate their consciousness and elevate their physical being and health and wellness long-term because um, without having the right nutrition in our system, um, we suffer in other areas, not just physically, but also again, spiritually. So um, one of the things that I really love to focus on is removing toxicity and inflammation out of people's bodies um, with the right nutrition plan and just also to help people understand that, you know, this is, I, I take them through a cellular cleanse because our cells store memory and um, they're crystalline. But if they're clouded over from toxicity that's just built up in our lives from pollution, from, you know, um, environmental toxins, from the water and the tainted food that we're continually eating every day, what happens is there's just a blockage in our systems that prevents us from really even knowing who we are as spirit beings. And um, it also prevents us from enjoying life abundantly, which is one of my main focuses um, while I'm here on this on this earth is to really help people understand who they are as spirit first and then understand that we all have a role to play here in this generation to help raise the conscious level on this planet. So one way to start with that in a very practical, I can do this today um, type of thing is to start just eating more of an alkaline diet and, and having, um, you know, making healthy water intake a priority as well as exercise um, and just changing the the little things in our day-to-day -day life that don't seem to equate to much but in the long run they really really do they affect our mental capacity they they affect our spiritual lives our ability to meditate our ability to allow our bodies to heal themselves and so nutrition to me is a huge passion I really learned whether it's you know them finally being released by their doctors 
to stop taking their diabetes medication or it's it could be for someone else, you know, a lot of weight being lost. It's really great just to see people start living their best life in the here and now and connect with a higher energetic field of what's available. And it's really tough to tap into that when we're bogged down with disease, sickness, um, you know, just other issues that are clouding our, our physical being and our mental being from, from properly uh, being able to function. Yeah, because it's mind, body, spirit, and they're all related, and it affects frequency directly if body is compromised and mind and spirit are not. And that, believe me, I've been aware of that since I'm dealing with my own, like, trying to lose weight and feeling toxic and trying to start detoxes and failing every day. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we'll have to talk more about this, but I'm so glad you're here, and we will um, talk more about the health and wellness in a few moments. But I want to uh, talk to Jason briefly about his trip to New Zealand in 2010 and 2011, And what was it that happened that really changed your life dramatically? Well, when I went over to New Zealand, I was told to go over there. I was just kind of meditating and praying. And then I was told there was going to be different earthquakes that happened over there. And that I needed to go over there beforehand and do reconciliation work uh, with the Maori and also the white people and just the people of the area because there was also some tension underneath because we as people connect with one another but then we also connect with the earth and so the earth doesn't really think in time it thinks in layers and so until you clear out some of those patterns within our mindsets of individuals in a group and then also that then gets stored in the earth's information field if this like we need to get breakthrough in our life then there we influence the earth and influence us and you can get breakthrough in a region when those things clear out, it clears up the land. Just like we might have a groan or a release, the land does that too. And simultaneously, the earth, we are an environment of the solar system. So if the sun starts changing, we start changing. So the poles and the, the magnetic field in the sun's changing. So then you see that throughout the solar system. You see, you see climate change, not necessarily warming, but you see climate change up and down throughout the solar system because it's going off the sun. And like I said, that's going off other factors. And so what our sun will do is it will react to that energetic change by releasing solar flares from the hot spots. And so I went over there telling them, hey, there is, there is fault lines underneath Christchurch here, and our sun is going to release different things, uh, flares and, and, and things like this. And as those photonic energy, that charge comes, it's going to exploit the fault lines, which will result in an earthquake. And so this isn't like good or bad, and we can, in a sense, pray or come together and meditate and help release this thing, but we live in a dynamic changing world. And so I went over there and did reconciliation with the Maori chiefs and people in the local government and, and did a reconciliation, forgiveness, and help clear the old history. And I wasn't being a doomsday person or anything like that, but I'm just like, these are things that are part of the environment we live in. At that time, they did not know that there was fault lines under Christchurch. And so as I did this for six weeks, um, they also had me dedicate a stadium for the Rugby World Cup because they just built new stadiums in 2011. And so I could dedicate a stadium, and I was just kind of bringing identity to people and vision. I was telling them, but on the other end of this thing, you're going to be a testimonial city and also this country. It'll get friendliest you know, country in the world and people just be wanting to move there. Well, I, I moved there after being there six weeks, I came home for a month and then I moved over there and I'm thinking, why do I want to move over here when this place is going to shake? But I was told to move over there. So where I lived, I ended up being in the safest neighborhood. And thanks to the home, we actually had the safest home in the whole mm-hmm. Christchurch that was built double the code. So I put on a conference for, and uh, put on a conference with the deputy mayor, the chief of the Maori people, a historian and myself, and share these different things. And two and a half weeks later, I was doing a meeting with all these different leaders. And literally the second I was saying earthquake, not the cosm, but just in my sentence of what I was sharing, the earthquake happened. And, uh, and I, I also told them the night before, the next day there's going to be earthquakes, going to be six point plus. Um, but the preparation work had, had been done in the spirit already. So it was a lot less than probably what it would have been. And mm-hmm. what happened was, the next day, there was a 6.3 earthquake, and it came the exact second I was saying earthquake. And I was the only one with footage because I was filming. So then that ended up being put on Al Jazeera's news and stuff around the world. 
and uh, we watched as, unfortunately, we had to go through it with everybody, liquefaction, the street cracking, buildings coming down, helping people mm. out. Unfortunately, a lot of people died. And so what we did is I canceled my whole international ministry and business and consulting. And what I did is I stayed over there all year and I just helped people out uh, with vision, with their teams, with empowering them. We raised money from around the world to help out. And for a whole year, then we stayed in Christchurch and just helped walk with the people of Christchurch through this. And because I was aware of this um, beforehand, it caused people to pay attention afterwards. So one of the, the chiefs of the Kamato, the Maori people, is a wonderful man uh, by the name of Mark Solomon. And I was telling him beforehand that when this happens, the royal family will come over here and give financially, where you might not have, uh, the Maori might not have favor at some higher tables in the government. That will change and the doors will open favor. And I said, you guys will have the best year ever in the history of fishing. So finances will come for that for your tribes. And then also internationally, you will be able to get loans that come to you favorably to have low interest. Well, at the end of the year, we ended up blessing my wife and I and our family and our team. And we, we slept in the, the Morai with them. And uh, that year, Prince Williams and Middleton, right before their marriage, they came over there and supported, and they were in the same Morai just a couple months earlier, and they gave financially into the place. And as I met with uh, this gentleman afterwards, it, he ended up being invited onto higher seats politically to give influence and to give direction where before it seemed kind of blocked. They ended up having the best year ever in the history of their fishing, and so a mm. lot of money came in that way. And then where were the country wasn't able to get certain loans maybe internationally, he had people calling him, offering him a billion-plus amounts in loans with super, super low interest rates. So at the very end of the year, he took me out to lunch and was an amazing, kind man and, and just thanked me for our time over there because we gave up everything for what we saw beforehand. Yeah. We prepared to reconcile it. I didn't make any resources that year, and we gave away everything. And uh, mm -hmm. we just spent the whole year with them walking through, and at the very end, we were, you know, kind of blessed and, and honored and, and, and sent out and left that place and came home. So that year, I really realized it wasn't just Christchurch. But when I came home, I was told, just like what happened over there, this is going to happen with the whole world. And by the way, New Zealand now, it, the next year, it got friendliest country in the world in Forbes. Uh, and, and I also shared Singapore would get best business and Singapore got the best business country. And, and then right now, New Zealand is the top place in the world where everyone wants to move to. But at the time, everybody was moving out. And mm -hmm. so property values skyrocketed. And when I came yeah. home, I was just sitting in prayer and meditating. I was told, just like what happened with the Maori, I want you to go back to your country and do that with indigenous people. So my wife and I, you know, just kind of prayed and meditated on that. And the same thing is we need to deal with ancient foundations in America. And I know a lot of people have done this, but I was just given my part to do and, and Jess. And so at times I took my kids and we first went over to the Sioux Indians. And then we went to the, the Ute, where we get Utah from. Uh, and then with the Navajo and the Hopi, the Apache and the Cherokee. And then uh, connected uh, with somebody up in the Iroquois there. And all I did is just ask forgiveness. And I brought a, a, a love offering and just try to bring racial reconciliation and clear up the things of the past. And everywhere I went, I was received and I was blessed. And so that's what I did here. And then I also did it with uh, a member of the Zulu uh, over in South Africa and also with the Aboriginals. And from that, I just went to position myself to seek to understand, ask questions, find out their history, their cosmogony, and their anthropology of who are you guys, where do you think your DNA come from, who are your gods or relatives in space. And university, I saw that whether it be uh, anything in the Western world or the Eastern or, or all over the world, everyone basically had beings that came from heaven to earth that helped with the genetic gene pool and operated through some different gate systems. So that opened me up, not just to the ancient world, but also to the whole cosmic affairs relationship anciently and then also currently. And so I helped get my historical understanding while I was helping, I guess you'd say, heal relationships and mend them and help with the planetary field and simultaneously prepare me for current events that are going on right now where we're almost revisiting that past, but hopefully we, we do a better job at it. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So when you're saying, you know, I was told to go to New Zealand, I was told to go to these tribes, you're talking about God telling you what to do, and you have a divine assignment all around the world 
to show up and bring healing and all the stuff that you're doing. <clears throat> so you, that's kind of like being an everyday earth angel. <laughs> a cosmic <laughs> angel. How would you describe yourself? I mean, you're not your average bear, really. You're very, very connected. Yeah, I've I've always tried to keep that neutral central space. My wife has done that since she was a kid too. Now we all have our different paths and traditions and frameworks that we kind of, you know, process through as information constructs and modalities of reality based upon the knowledge that we're given. And um, but what it really comes down to is your heart. So people will speak within the languages of their interpretive model, but what it really comes down to is your heart and in your mm-hmm. heart keeping that connection. Because before you came in your mother's womb, which is the matrix you were a spirit being. And before that spirit being put on flesh in that womb and that matrix, your first language was not English or Chinese or German or French. It was actually telepathy because you're a plaza being a conscious being and you were existed before you're in your mother's womb. Now people might say you were God before that. They might say you were in another place before that. They might say you've been on earth before that. Whatever it is, everybody pretty much agrees before you're in your mother's womb, you were foreknown, which means you existed. And so mm-hmm. understanding that going through those nine months pre-womb, that person that you are as a spirit being, it's eternal. It's not bound with time and space, the DNA, the earth's field, the sun's field, or the galactic field of the universe. It's just being. And so keeping that essence, that divinity, that core of who you really are, and then trying to never lose that. My wife did an amazing job and had a great family that helped facilitate that. You know, and on my end, I, I did that as well. And so that's really your, your inner nature. And so I think everybody can do that. My wife does a great job by the, the food, the nutrition, you know, being in nature. And that has to do with love because the one thing that transcends all these dimensions beyond frameworks is a love. And in that love, it's from a connection to spirit. And we can all have that because mm-hmm. we are that. So the heart-centered life is the way to go. And, you're, and you are an expert in human potential. What do you think we could do practically to activate more personal breakthrough and freedom in our lives. Well, I actually want to defer to my wife on this. Um, okay. I know a lot about this. She does too. And I think she has a lot to offer. So Jess, what would you say on that? Oh, well, truly, I, I believe it comes down to the spiritual intention of a person and how we, we all just in simplistic um, terms, we all are spirit and we all need um, a cleansing, you know, whether it's emotionally, whether it's physically, whether it's mentally or spiritually. And I feel like when we can truly be who we are internally, like what with open chakra system, with an open heart, um, with the intention to release blessing wherever we go in our lives, something happens and there's a realm that works with a person like that whose intentions are to bless, are to give, are to sow, someone who's willing to love those that are unloved. All of a sudden, there's this realm that starts to work with you and angels, you know, are part of that realm. Um, And then our star brothers and sisters and creator like there's a whole other dimension that starts to operate in unison with a person whose heart is pure and who wants to release blessing and and sees purpose in their life here on on earth and someone that tunes in with nature and tunes in with um just life i would say um from that place there's a flow that starts to occur and a momentum that picks up. And then all of a sudden, everywhere where you go, our heart center reaches other people. The heart center is the furthest reaching part of our um, electrical system. And so when people begin to sense the heart of love coming at them, it's foreign a lot of times. In our day and age, we are so inundated with technology and with uh, distancing, you know, ourselves from other human beings. And what happens is there's a uh, disillusionment that takes place over the mind of people uh, in general society on this planet. There's a, a place of discouragement and a lack of awareness of others and even a lack of awareness of, of ourselves. Um, and so I would just encourage all, all of you listeners to find 
find your heart center again. And any place where there's been hurt and wounding and pain, to just begin to utilize the tool of forgiveness and release blessing, even if it was not, even if there was wrong done to you and it was, you were a victim or, you know, you, you may even need to forgive yourselves. I think we all do at some point need to forgive ourselves for the mistakes we personally make. But when that happens, guess what? there's a release that you've released yourself from. You've released yourself from some sort of bondage and connection point with the perpetrators um, or any kind of karma that would try to follow you throughout your life as well. So once forgiveness takes place, even if you don't feel like it or even if you feel like nothing happened, but you verbally just speak, I forgive myself, I forgive so-and-so, I forgive them for doing this, this, and this, and I release them, there, that is simple, but it's super effective. And all of a sudden, your spirit starts to open up a little bit wider and your mind's eye opens up even more than before. And you can start connecting in with and dialing in with higher realms of consciousness and dimensional reality. And that's why I believe, you know, what Jason's sharing today is so you know, important that people understand all of the work that he's done in private, in a personal, in his personal life, in order to hear on these higher levels, he's also done the, the emotional work, the spiritual work, the forgiveness. I see my husband forgiving people every day. I mean, it's not like he's just getting all this supernaturally and there's no reason behind it. a big reason is is that he's stewarding his own spiritual life in a way that helps him to walk in that level of love, which is the highest and most powerful element that we have here on earth. Such a beautiful answer. So really, what, you know, many people are not identified with their true divine nature and remembering that they're more than just this earth suit, this body this ego identification with the personality of 2018, this is who I am, Shishi O'Donnell, Irish American, da, da, da. that's not who we are. We're infinite and we are pure love intelligence. And when we remember that, like you said, that's when you can start communing with these other beautiful high vibrational beings that want to help make the world a better way. Use me. I want to be of service. There, We have helpers that will help use us to make a difference in the world. So thank you for that beautiful answer. And we're a little over the midway point of our show. We are taking calls for just questions for J- Jason or Jessica on anything that they've talked about. We're not doing live mini readings this week. We're going to do that next week. The entire hour will be free live mini angel readings with me, Divine Guidance with Angel Shishi. <clears throat> so give us a call if you have a question for J- Jason or Jessica at 516-453-9162. Calling all spiritual entrepreneurs and lovers of spirituality. Are you struggling with how to make an impact on social media or creating exposure for your online business? Whether you're currently taking some of our online certification courses and just getting started on your entrepreneur path, or you've been practicing your business for years, we can help you with today's fast-growing social media market. Learn tips that will help you create and expand your spiritual business. Join the new International Angels Network membership and grow your tribe. Limited introductory offer. Please visit internationalangelsnetwork.com forward slash membership to learn more. Don't miss this limited introductory offer. Listen to International Angels Network six days a week where we explore everything metaphysical, spiritual, mystical, and much more. And we also take your calls live on the air. If you're not able to join us live, you can catch the archived podcast on iTunes, Pinterest, Podable Player FM, CastBox, Podtail, Pods, Chaser, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can connect with me as the host of International Angels Network at internationalangelsnetwork.com. For info on my readings, events, and coaching packages, please visit Divine Guidance Readings with an S.com or follow or friend me on social media. I'm Shishi O'Donnell on Facebook. Divine Guidance Readings with Angel Shishi is my Facebook page or Angel Shishi on Instagram. <clears throat> so if you want to speak with Jason or Jessica, call us at 516-453-9162 and make sure you press 1 on your phone keypad or Skype keypad if you'd like to speak with Jason or Jessica. 
So I'd like to ask another question of Jason. Um, what do you see for our future as humans and a planet as we, channer, as we charter into um, space? Well, one, that's a really good question. <laughs> the first thing <laughs> is to recognize we're already in space. So recognize that Earth's already in space every time we talk, every time we walk, every time we get in our car, ride our bike, or take the train or airplane, we're actually driving, walking, talking, and flying in space. So just to get aware that we're not just global through the Internet, but the next level of perception and conscious shift is realizing, wow, I'm already in space. Now if I go outside the ionosphere and electromagnetic field, now I think I'm in space, but I was in space the whole time. So once we become interplanetary, the first thing that's gonna re we're going to realize is, okay, I got used to living in my environment and being really localized and homegrown without realizing it because as soon as I go to Mars and, or part of an ambassador program or a plant there, a cell group, there's something growing there, a colony, next thing you realize is, wow, I based everything off of Earth without knowing it in my compare and contrast. I just thought this was normal, but now my time is different daily. My time is different annually, and the gravity is different. So we usually don't think in terms of gravity. We think in terms of culture, all the different earth races and all the different earth nations and political economies. We think in terms of culture, but we haven't thought too much in energy or environment in the effects of nature. Where if you go to Mars, like I said, just in the next step that everybody's planning for openly, now you realize the gravity is different, the time's different. And so we realize things that we took for granted as normal actually aren't normal. And so the first thing we have is a paradigm shift that we're already in space. And the next thing that's going to happen is just like we went from walking to the horse, to the horse and buggy, to the train and the, the ships and then the planes, we're going to keep increasing the telecommunications and the teleportation. So everywhere you go, you need to have communication. And then you also need to have faster modes of transportation. So as everything increases, we're going to find another way to transport and we're going to find another way to communicate. And so besides our framework of reality, this conscious shift that everyone's talking about, is actually realizing Earth is in space. And the next part of that is there's people all over the place. It's like they're here. So when the Europeans came over here, the Aztec, Mayas, and Incas were already over here, but people were taught that you fall off the end of the Earth and there's nobody over here. But then we crossed that bridge. And we didn't have to lose the creator or the spirit or any of that, but we had to cross that bridge and go through a framework change as well as Galileo saying we don't just circle around the earth, the universe, but we actually circle around the sun. Well, now we're going to as we circle around the galaxy, and it's multidimensional. So as we started off this conversation in the beginning, as part of the paradigm is realizing now I need to think not this interplanetary or heliocentric like Galileo. Now I need to think galactic and intergalactic and multidimensional. Well, the creations like that, our bodies are like that and our soul is like that. So then we learn the physics and the science and we have a complete educational shift where we start getting to the physics of what I'd call hyperspace, which are plasma physics that goes beyond Newtonian physics. And it also goes beyond quantum physics because you have to add the thinking thing, the conscious thing in. So then we have conscious assisted technology and we realize it's a hologram. So you have holographic conscious assisted technology. And then with that, we can be spiritual. So right now, we're calling spiritual mystical. In the days ahead, it won't be like that because we'll just be walking in that normally. And that'll be a normal way of thinking, education. And it won't necessarily have all different frameworks around it. It'll just be you're a spirit. Here's how spirit beings interact. And as we start opening up embassies and uh, have trade relationships, and then we have to enter into dialogues, we have to enter into policy changes and agreements. We start having that in different worlds, so we become a trade partner in heaven and space. And like I said, the communication level, so in the transportation. So as you start bonding with the Aztec, Incas, and Mayas, you start finding out that they have the same pyramids here as over in Egypt, so you have a lot more in common. And now if you scale up the model with that with Mars, with the moon, with Venus, and the moons of Saturn and Jupiter, particularly just localized here, most of these places are inhabited. So just like we didn't know the Aztec, Incas, and Mayas are there, we, didn't, we weren't told that these places were also occupied. Well, once we realize that, now we have to get to know our neighbors. And some of our neighbors might have a different color skin, might look a little different than us. They might not all be bipedal. 
So we have to open mm-hmm. our world for Earth's not just the center, and the human form of just two arms, two legs isn't the center of consciousness. For instance, the dolphins use for center more of their frontal lobe, and we don't. So they're a very mm-hmm. high intelligence, and their language is over four times mathematically more complex than ours. So we have to recognize what consciousness is, and it's not always just based in human. It's not just always localized on Earth. And so we're going to build these relationships throughout our solar system. We're going to realize we have neighbors like the Aztec, Incas, and Mayas. We're going to realize just like pyramids were in Egypt and all over the world, and they're also over there. Now we scale up the model. If people came from heaven or the earth, sky to earth, well, over on Mars and Cairo, Cairo means Mars, by the way. And then the pyramids are lined up with Orion. So which means yes. that Cairo, which is Mars Hill, that has to do on Mars. And there's bigger pyramids over there than there are here, which means common sense. This would be an outpost of there because your capital, like Capital Line Hill, is always bigger than your embassies <laughs> and your outposts. So people came so from heaven to Earth. Earth is an outpost of Mars originally. Yeah, so we're going to realize our ancestry as well as some are current. So when I was over in Iraq, I, I met with some of the, the leaders in the country, and I was talking to them about what are they doing to position their country uh, to be a cosmic culture, and what are they going to do when the information on Mars rolls out? Because I was telling them, one, as fast as oil went up, it's going to go down when these other energy technologies come out. Second, they're going to have a massive human rights movement blow through here where women are going to start rising, and they're going to have choice and decision, and they're going to deal with the equal rights, civil liberties, human equality, gender equality thing. But third is the markets go kind of downward. It's not all based off oil in their countries, their economy. Second, with all the social, not unrest, but the changes that are going on, what we went through with the 60s with uh, people of different color skin that weren't white and as well as the women – they're going to go through that. So it's, for us, it's going to be like taking a step back in time, but for them, it's the now because it's all based on consciousness and where you're currently at in your freedom levels. But third, I said you can build a, a huge tourism industry because of this stuff on Mars rolls out, and they realize the Earth is connected to Mars' ancient roots. People are going to want to know their, the ancient connections, so now you can have a huge tourism industry around the Tigris and Euphrates and all these places. As long as you guys aren't killing each other, you can, you can get a new economy there. Wow. That's so, I mean, the topic of our show is, is hope and freedom, and this gives me a lot of hope that we're not going to be stuck uh, on Earth with Donald Trump and the whole, I mean, what's going on right now is exactly true. The women are rising because it's so much outrage right now. It's ridiculous. I mean, people are standing up and marching and protesting, and no one is sound asleep anymore thanks to our current government. Do you have any advice or insights on what's going on with our current government in the U.S. at least um, in relation to the global or not global, the galactic brothers and sisters, what are they thinking or what do you have any, any insights? Yes, it depends on being more specific because just like every individual has their own thought process, their own choice and decision, and then there's collectives of groups. You don't want to judge a whole group based on one person, but they do have leadership, and then the mm-hmm. leadership kind of a lot of times directs a whole country and a nation. And then when you have each nation like that, but the international language here is finances because every mm-hmm. country needs finance and every country needs oil currently, and we're all trying to get off of that. And so when you deal with that level, now it's uh, in terms of supranational, international to each country dependent on a form of uh, energy resource outside of them. And they also then need to take out loans to deal with that. And so then when you get in that group, what they're focusing on is space. And so there's a lot of different people and different levels of this. It's not just one person or one group. And then when you get into space, it's the same type of thing. Everybody has their own will and attention. So it gets down to really discernment and discretion because, you know, the Aztecs, Incas, and Mayas, when when Christopher Columbus brought some indigenous people over to King Fernando and Queen Isabella, remember that they were Catholic kings under the Pope. And so when they – and they're the preferred daughter of the Vatican. When they brought them home, in our mind, we don't see it as a big deal. We see more that the world was round versus flat. But in that culture of that time, standing looking out their windows, if you're these leaders, Christopher Columbus didn't just come say there's a new world over there connected to the old world and the earth's round versus flat, but he brought home four people. 
that weren't supposed to be there within the context of reality. So within that, what do you call those people? Aliens? You know, ETs? You, you mm-hmm. know, people, it doesn't fit their worldview. So the first thing is getting a bigger worldview that has a universe and has it populated and doesn't have everybody looking like you because those indigenous people, the Aztecs, Incas, and Mayas didn't look, besides being bipedal, didn't look or have the same language or culture as the people over in Europe. So the first thing is expanding that view out and then realizing they know that we're here. We just, on a corporate collective group conscious, are realizing we are not alone. And so the more people that are aware of that, the more people can take this out of the mystical and spiritual and realize, oh, it's just practical. I'm multidimensional, so is my DNA, so is the creation, and so are they. And once you get past the awe that there's other people out there, and that's all disclosed, just like the Aztecs, Incas, and Mayas, now scale the model, people on the Mars, and, and the moon, and the moons of Jupiter and Saturn, and then outside of our system, and other systems too, just to get to know your neighbors, the first thing people usually do is have trust issues, people are different than you. But if we can be more secure than that, and then seek to understand, find out people come and ask questions, we might find we actually have more common ground. And then what you do is you begin to discern each person or each group. Obviously, it's a collective, but also an individual based upon the leader, and find out what are the common goals, what are the common intentions. Is this someone you want to hang out with or not hang out with? So I think it's naive to say everything's good or everything's bad because everybody has a choice. Everybody has a consciousness. So you have to it's kind of like don't judge a book by its cover. We have to actually get to know people. But when people are afraid of something, they have insecurity, a lot of times we separate it and contain it, and we want to make sure we're over it, and then we'll talk, which we don't realize we're highly controlling, but it's coming out of an insecure place. So to deal with the insecurities internally will make us better to do diplomatic trade relationships and communications uh, because other people, they're born with recall in their memory of previous lives, and they're also telepathic, and then they also usually have higher technology. But it doesn't mean we're less than anybody. We're just kind of like the new kid on the block coming to a bigger stage. And so when we did that with the Aztecs, Incas, and Mayas, even though they had higher astronomical knowledge and things like that, we were just superior technologically to them. So we didn't feel inferior. But mm-hmm. on this end, we're not the technological superior to everybody out there. But it doesn't mean they're all good or bad. It doesn't mean we're all good and bad. It just means you can see why people would withhold this information until they figure out what was going on. And then to bring the rest of the public in where Queen uh, Isabella and King Ferdinando, they released that after the Vatican's approval and processed that with everybody that there's that the world's different, we thought, and there's other people over there. But now we're going to have to do that on this level. But when we started making those relationships, we didn't bring it public and process that with the public. So we're kind of like since 1947, the, the hose got gripped of human evolution, meaning we evolved together with the information of what we're currently learning. We, the leaders didn't walk with the people through it. And I understand some of the reasons, like I said, being not as technologically advanced, but simultaneously a certain group really separated, and now we're kind of behind. So what should have been done in our great-grandparents' generation, our grandparents' generation, whether we like it or not, that's the responsibility of this generation, is to kind of not only bring it public, two, to play catch-up, and three, then to chart a new course, and maybe we want to do it a little differently than it's been done in the last 70 years in a more healthy, functional model that's more transparent, and uh, we're all kind of having that, an understanding and a voice into it, and then we have to put in public policy, put finances toward it, and then ultimately, because it's always generational, we have to put a new education system, education form, where this knowledge is coming to the kids, so that we know the world's round, well, kids should all know that. And if, ki- if we know this is where we're currently at in the understanding, the kids should get that too, so they're equipped and empowered with knowledge and skill sets for the challenges of their day. And that's what any good parenting or bridge or transitioning generation does, is equips the next generation to stand on their shoulders and, and go further. So it ultimately ends in education reform, so the kids can take this and go forward, and we're kind of building that bridge, our generation. Well, I love how you're not focusing on what's wrong, but just focusing on solution-oriented visioning, which is what a visionary like you would be doing. So you're very hopeful about the future of the United States, it sounds like. I'm very hopeful because you you can't (laughs) lose hope because we can have what we want. And when we realize we're co-creators, there's five things people have to look out for that it be, can, can become subconscious without knowing it in the processing. One is feeling inadequate. Two is feeling 
inferior, three is feeling less than, four is feeling insignificant, and all of these things will make you feel the fifth, which is insecure, shaky. So all of these is a processor that we're decoding and comparing and contrasting with our judgment against. So if we have this unhealthy complex of ourselves that we see ourselves as human, as finite, as temporal, as physical, we're already off to the wrong way of, of, of decoding because we're not seeing ourselves as a spirit. And once you realize you're a spirit, then you go, okay, what is that like? So we're used to connecting just to our DNA and just to the earth around us and then into a time field of 24 o'clock. We have to realize, wait, I'm, I'm spirit. And two, I'm not just on earth, but I'm in space. Earth's in space, so I'm right now in space. And three, I'm not just on a 24-hour clock. That's, that's being localized and having a connection just to here, which is good. But I'm also connected to the sun. I'm also connected to the galaxy. I'm also connected to the universe. And I'm also multidimensional. And then that is who you were before you came in the womb. And that's really what waking up is, reconnecting to who you really are at your core. And then once you have that, you bring that through. Now you're on the right place to interact with anybody else. So it doesn't matter if someone's a, a physical ET um, or, let me say, alien like us on Mars, or if they're interdimensional because you are too, you've got in your mother's womb, or if they don't even have bodies like we know it, but they're just plasma beings. Well, you are too before you got in your mom's womb. So whether you're dealing with humanoids anywhere on Earth, in the Earth, or humanoid or other forms that are like more 3D like us, that are throughout our solar system or beyond, but let's keep it local in our solar system, or you're doing ET, so interdimensional, extraterrestrial, well, you are too. <laughs> or whether you're dealing with people that are still on a plasma level, you are too. So you're not less than anybody. We're just growing up. We're like, yeah, we're, we're at the stage of evolution we're at, and we're all plasma. You're finding the common ground between all of us, which we're all plasma-based beings. Yep. And so we're all alien. You know, we, we don't have to label ourselves. We're, we're all connected. And That's right. we don't have to be afraid of different different looking star brothers and sisters. They want to hang out with us. And, oh, of course, there's all different types. So this has been such a fascinating discussion. I'm so grateful to both of you and Jessica for being with us. And you have three beautiful kids. When I called earlier, you were at a soccer field. So you have a regular life, like, but you're doing all these intergalactic, <laughs> really high vibrational, beautiful teachings and um, we'd love to have you back another time and talk more. And the best way to reach them would be send an email to Jason or Jessica <clears throat> to their email address, which is Orion9, uh, writing it out, N-I-N-E. Okay, I'm trying to find that. Sorry, I just lost it. Orion9, O-R-I-O-N-N-I-N-E, 99, the number, at gmail.com. You can find Jessica Westerfield on Facebook.com. It's Facebook.com forward slash Jessica.Westerfield1 to find out more about her transformational health coaching. And um, do you guys have anything else to say? It's been a real joy to have you. Thank you for everything you shared. Well, thank you for having us on today. I appreciate it, and I, I wish you the best and your listeners. And just want to encourage everybody to – we're going to all be processing through a lot. But at the end of it, there's always a brighter future if we want one. And so just to stay positive and, and to keep loving yourself and loving others and find ways to, to help and give and be solution oriented because that's what's going to create this thing because it's not just for us and it's not just our generation, but there's kids coming. And so we're kind of like all, no matter what gender you are, we're kind of like spiritual midwives and on the earth at this time birthing a, a, a better future and a better timeline so beautiful and thank you Jessica bye thank you so much blessings to all of you blessings, blessings to you and your family